Rant and Rave is brought to you by Andrews Technology Group. Make sure you hit them up at A-N-D-R-E-W-S Technology Group.com. DJs, promoters, small business owners, get your technology and website needs met. Hey, Soka lovers, it's Soka Say So. And this chick. And we're back. Episode four of the special limited series. We have a collection of interviews with people around the world giving us their perspectives on the global Black Lives Matter movement. In this episode, we are talking to Christina Cabral, who's an Afro-Portuguese resident of London. She is going to tell us what she's seeing going on and how she wants to push for more representation. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Soka lovers, welcome back to the BK Rent and Rave podcast. I am speaking with Christina Cabral, who is of Cape Verdean descent and an Afro-Portuguese woman living in England. So she's, you know, she is aware of what's happening in so many places. Uh, journalist, activist, and mom of two. I really appreciate you joining the podcast to tell us what's been going on, what you've been seeing happening with the global Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, But first, I want to just give our listeners a little bit of an intro into who you are. So tell me about the journalism and the activism. Hi, hello. This is a a pleasure, Diana, for you inviting me to be here with you and with your listeners. Um, So I, Christina, so I'm living in London and uh, what I do, I'm a journalist. I also do uh, documentaries. And because I am from uh, originally from Cape Verde Islands, I try to bring up into the media and to the films I do the narratives and perspectives of uh, Cape Verdean women. Um, and yeah, it's what I do. I'm a mother of two kids. Uh, I have two brown kids. And obviously, when I see all of the situations that are happening globally, my heart um, is absolutely broken into pieces because I just think, like, I would like my kids to be living in a world where they don't have to prove 10 times more that they deserve to be alive. Um, I would like the world to be, you know, more respectful and to respect everyone in equ- equally and is, is something that we're not seeing. So I do a lot of activism in terms of, of representation. Um, and motherhood was one of the reasons why I, I, I tried my best to, you know, bring up more of the conversation about the need to have more representation within the media, within the toys industry, and also inside our houses, the, ta- the type of conversation and communication that we black women, we have with our children to encouraging them to face this terrible battle that is racism, yeah? So it's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, representation within the toy industry. And I think that's something that people don't really think about. So when you say representation within the toy industry, what are you talking about? What are you trying to see happen? So basically, if we just realize, like, we... we we as a black people, um, when we see and we open the television, everything we see, like I'm seeing in a global perspective because I know in the USA, you guys are 
are lucky to have more production companies and 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 more black entertainment and a little bit more representation but what we see in Europe like in terms of advertising and in terms of toys you go to the shop and you don't see a doll or a toy that reflects the color of the skin of our children so you always will see the black doll uh, the the white doll and you always will see like the ethnic minority dolls maybe at the back of the shelves but you will not mm-hmm. see uh representation and also in terms of advertising and marketing um black dolls are not market black dolls are not here to show our kids how beautiful they are and this is really something that did not change if we go back to that study that the clarks made in the 40s when they mm-hmm. when they proved that segregation was something that showing the doll white doll and the black doll to black kids that black kids just come up and said well i don't like the black doll the black doll is the ugly the white is the the beautiful and here we are mm-hmm. in the 21st century and we still have our children still feeding their souls with the same standards of beauty that whiteness is the beautiful and black it's you know the evil the monstrous the stereotype of the villain um and it's really important so i use my my knowledge and also motherhood also and the, all this ignorance about my not lacking my lacking of experience with dolls because i never played with toys as a child and i did a documentary mm. recently where i tried to figure out what was happening here in the uk what sort of dolls were available for our black kids where we could find it and how necessary it is to have you know a representation of race in toys from a younger age and the conclusion is we really need this because if we have this if we had our generation we had that representation maybe we would not be here today in this fight of almost putting our knees on the floor begging for self love for people to recognize us as a human being is what exactly is happening if we mm. see around we have to be begging please please don't kill me because i'm black uh please teacher give me a high grade because i'm 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 a black student but i deserve the same as a white student so we have to be we have to be begging every single person and every single institution in the world that we are humans and we deserve it so it's it's really it's really it's really a fight a daily fight so that's why representation from a young age it's really it's really important it's really important so you mentioned you know having this representation obviously realizing that we are worthy we are beautiful we are important and our lives matter from a young age can really help us just psychologically you know value our lives the same way we are asking other people to value their value our lives uh part of the discussion has been you know but what about the crimes within the community you know that's kind of the the counter argument right you're asking for other people to value your life but do you guys value your life what do you say to people who are like but black on black crime is a a major thing why why is there no outrage for that so basically what what i think what we have to see is like the thing is we cannot just um assume that what 
white supremacy sells about us in terms of the all the negative stereotypes that we are the villains, that we are the criminals, that we are the ones who don't sort it out our problems, that we black women are the loud, that you know all of these negative stereotypes are defeating inside the community. Yes, we have our own problems to sort it out, but this is like in every single family. Doesn't matter if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're Indian, Muslim, Catholic, all the families have issues. We black families, we black community, we have our own issues. But the issue that is globalized in within the media industry is the negative stereotype that we are the criminals, that we are the responsible for all the big uh, atrocities in the universe, and this is uh, is is absolutely wrong. It's not it's not factual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you're saying that representation really matters, whether that's like visually in the arts, etc., but also representation in our legislature, in our governments, and our politicians. People who represent our interests, our needs, need to be in those positions of power. And so, one of the things in the U.S. that is part of this, you know, people are like, well. We really need to make our dollars count. We really need to make our voices count at the polls so that we vote for the people that we want to see in office. Is that part of the movement that is happening where you are as well, where it's, you know, we're protesting in the streets, but we're also going to try and unite Black dollars, unite Black voices to make serious systematic changes? Are you seeing any of that being in the UK or in Portugal where you are? Well, um, our realities as African Portuguese people is completely different from the ones that we see in America and in the UK. We are really behind. And when I say behind, I have to say because, you know, Portuguese, African-speaking countries, we, we just had a, a, di a divorce from the colonizers and like since 1973 till 1974, 75. So that means that we don't even have like around 50 years that we learn to walk with our own feet. So what happens is our communities as an African Portuguese community, we didn't have, you know, access to education and in terms of access also to, to civil rights movements that kind of open our mind to the way that we could protest without having the fear of what will happen to us. So what happens, what I, what I try to say, for example, in terms of assess, so if you live in Portugal, if you are a black Portuguese, you are black, you are not Portuguese. They don't give you the option to choose to mm. be a black. In America, you can be black, but you still are American. You still have a citizenship. But in Portugal, what happens is, as soon as you're born in Portugal, but in terms of the assessors that you have to the education to certain job positions, you as a black person, you will not see any representation at all. What they try to do, they put like um, a MP, a black MP, they can put like someone that is black, maybe one person in the television. But when you walk around in the leadership positions or in any other kind of job, like being a lawyer, uh, being a doctor, you will not see no blackness. So we black people in Portugal, we represent the labor uh, force in terms of house cleaner jobs, retailer jobs. 
we do what mm-hmm. the Mexicans, if you if if you understand, like the Hispanic community, with all the respect to the Hispanic community, but we are the we we are illegals legally in Portugal because they keep mm. treating us as the other. We don't give you the same opportunities. And when I'm saying this, I'm telling you that this is realities of Portuguese, black Portuguese that were born in Portugal and they still today don't have access to an ID or a passport that allows them to go to school, allows them to open a bank account. So we are really limited in terms of the accessibility to a lot of institutions. And then there is the legislation wow. also. So the legislation in Portugal since Salazar, the dictatorship in 1975, which was abolished in, at that time. But in the law, we have in the constitution, in the Portuguese constitution, that a law that says is the article 250 of the, um, of the penal code that says that someone who is with a foreigner appearance rather than a Caucasian is considered the other, therefore is a suspect. This is in the legislation. Mm. With, in other words, says everyone that is black or darker skin is considered suspect. That is in the law. That is in the legislation. So we in Portugal, we face a lot, in, compared to the numbers of people that live in the USA, we suffer in, in a very high number uh, police brutality in such a horrendous way because Portugal now is the second country in Europe with the most cases of police brutality and with the most cases um of uh, racism against black people. So this is what happens there. So it's really difficult, you know, to try to fight the structural racism when in the law, in the institution, we have a legislation that says, doesn't matter what you do, you are black. So that means if there is a East European person who is illegal in Portugal, but you are a black citizen. If a police decides to stop you in the street, that person who is illegal because he's white, has a Caucasian appearance, he can walk free. But you, because you are black, you can go to the to the station. You can be beating up. And I don't really know if you knew about this. That was in the news recently. There was this mother, a mother like around her thirties with an eight-year-old daughter, she picked up the bus, but the daughter, she forgot her bus pass, the child bus pass. But we know that a child doesn't even pay. But the bus driver started to arguing with the mom, accusing her of being a black woman, monkey, go back to Africa explicitly. And the driver was not really happy because the woman, she was over the phone with someone else. And again, the stereotype of black woman being loud, speaking, screaming, you know, all of this. He calls the police. So the woman, she dropped up the next in the next stop. And what happened to George Floyd, unfortunately, that he lost his life and have God have him in peace, heavenly, but to this woman, she was beaten up by a man, by a police officer, wow. 
that put her knees on the floor, beat her up. She had her face completely mutilated by this police officer just because she forgot her daughter's uh, bus pass at home. This was on the wow. news. This was on the news. And, and still, we kind of have the proof and evidences that there is... Um, Ex right extremist people and, and, and officers inside the police in Portugal, but the government mm -hmm. just decides to fade yeah. that information and, and they don't really do anything about it. But obviously the people are angry. People and, 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 and thanks to technology, you know, thanks. It's, it's so sad that we need to say that It, it needs always a black man to die for someone else to do something else. And is what happened. Mm. Because as Will Smith said, now people are filming. People are kind of, oh, you know, if America, this is the geopolitics, if America doing this, if Germany is doing this. So Portugal has to do so because they want to be in the conversation, yeah. in the debate. But when you really want to speak about representation, they don't even let you speak. You have a black woman in the parliament, which her name is Joacine. So she is there, you know, trying to represent. But because she speaks free in such a freedom way and so passionate about our realities that she has to be banned. But the person who has extremists and is conservative can tell us that we are monkeys and we deserve all to go back mm -hmm. to our countries still in power. So the problem is, The people in power, the people in the government, the people who have the right to make decisions, they are in silence. They are not re reacting to our screen. They are not doing mm. anything at all to protect us. So obviously, I, I know that it seems really horrible, but us... And, and I believe in other countries too, but for example, us black people in Portugal, we live nightmare. And there is this color blindness too, where a lot of Portuguese people, they don't want to accept their privileges. They think that we are ungrateful monkeys that came to Africa on the caravanas and we should be really proud to be in Europe. But wow. if we go back to history, Diana, Portugal, was one of the pioneer countries of slavery. Mm -hmm. Portugal yes. was one of the countries that taught the world how to be the perfect slave master in terms of torture, in terms of the mask, in terms of we need to mutilate mm -hmm. the hand, and all of the horrendous things that we witnessed throughout Black history Portugal was one of the countries. So it, 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 and now in 21st century, we are not seeing any compassion at all about that. And another thing that there is something that in the USA and in the UK, we still have assessed, which is black history in education. But us black Portuguese, we don't have not even a single book that talks about Africa, that talks that hmm. we were, um, present in the history of the, col the colonialism. We are there as the savages um, and that someone came and saved us for our monstrous um, appearance and took us 
you know, the tribalistic humans to the, you know, civilization is what they sold in school. So it happens me as, as, as an adult to, to acknowledging my history now when I'm really old. So the thing is, um, if you don't have access to the knowledge, to literature, to any sort of representation that tells you that you make part of that history, that you have excellence, you always will feel like, you know, brainwashed or whitewashed for mm -hmm. everything you see from, you know, you see on the television and from the books. That's why, that's why yeah. it's important to have this representation because it will help us at least to try to teach our children that way, 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 that happened to mommy and to your grandmothers and all the ancestors, but back, back, back to the, our real ancestors, we were not slaves. We were royalty, you know, and, and we just need to bring this discourse to our children. Yeah. And I can imagine, especially in Portugal. Um, so I participated in Ghana's year of return and I took the tour of the slave castles and people are always talking about, you know, Britain's uh, role in slavery and, you know, what happened in the atrocities to Black people. But rarely do they talk about the Portuguese when the Portuguese were the ones there first enslaving Black people. And so it's, I can understand why if you are, you know, a white supremacist or you are a Portuguese nationalist and you want to represent Portugal in the highest regard, you would not want people to know that. You know, Germany is now having their reckoning where they're like, look, we want to get as far away from that history as possible. We want to enact laws. We want to have anti-racism movements um, because they are trying to atone for it. But when you don't even acknowledge that it happened, how do exactly. you atone they for don't it? So I can and see if that you could in see like on, yeah. Facebook, on Facebook and social media platforms, you will be shocked with millions of Portuguese people, you know, revealing how racist they are and how, and, 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 and all of this thing about mm. white supremacy. So you as a black educated woman, you know, you will, you will, you don't need to expect someone to come to you to just tell you, you should not have this on your Facebook or you should not talk about this. So they don't even acknowledge their privilege when they come to you. And if you tell you what you have to do and what you have to say, and it, and for me, like, I have to tell them a lot, like, well, I'm a journalist. I do this as a part of my job. Why do you think I need to filter what my discourse, why you, mm. why you think I have the right to just tell what do you think when I am high qualified in terms of the education that I have and your education, I am more qualified. But just because I'm black, whatever I say is always considered what, you know, we see in literature that we're stupid, where, that we are too subjective, that what we say that is not scientific enough, mm -hmm. that therefore doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So, you know, now that you are, you're seeing all the movements, what do you think? I mean, obviously, Portu Portugal has had this history. Uh, why do you think people now are waking up to this and wanting to demand justice, 
has this, you know, we maybe we don't hear about it here in the U.S. Has this been going on, you know, with demonstrations or is there something about 2020 that is making people react this way and get out into the So what happened in Portugal, in Portugal, the first ever protest that I saw that happened was in January, this January. A Cape Verdean student was murdered by 15 white Portuguese men, a student. So it was oh my goodness. it was in the new year, in the day of the new year, it was it, it was celebrating new year with his friends and um a group of uh, 15 Portuguese you know, beat him to death um, and he was murdered in a very coward way. And he was a, a bright student. Mm. Um, his father, he, he was a police officer as well. He traveled to Portugal just to study, to complete his studies and to go back to Cape Verde. But when people saw what happened to him, no justice, because to be honest and to be fair, we know that when is a black person that steals an apple in a shop, you have that sentence straight away. But when the criminals that did that to that boy, Giovanni, um, no one, no, the police was not doing anything. So the people was the first time that um, there was a huge, uh, a huge protest in the streets of Lisbon when um, organizations, racism institutions they they made the big protest and they start to come into the streets to speak out why you keep doing this to us the second time was about the episode that i told you about that woman that was beating up because the daughter um was what did forgot the the bus pass mm -hmm. um yeah with the bus time. pass and now um you know, with all this global situation in the world, you know, like uh, what happened to George Floyd was shocking, was just realizing we are all black. What happened to him is, is, been, is happening in Portugal. We have cases of uh, teenagers with 14, 15, 16 years old that were murdered by the police just because they run and they live in the ghetto. I'm not joking. We had a serious case that was mm. uh, in the mainstream media where uh, five black students were kidnapped. Uh, I think five, seven, seven black, 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 black male. They were kidnapped by the Portuguese police. And one of the men, it was a disabled man. It was tortured because he couldn't move his hand. But the police officer was beating him up and told him, commanding him to move his hand when he was a disabled and he could not move his hand. So, you know, the world is watching. People are watching. All this access to technology mm. is making people more aware. But I have to tell you something, too, that happens, too. So because our Black community is still really divided in terms of the ones who are activists and the ones who still have privileges inside of the Black community, such as celebrities and such as the ones who are, who are owners of big companies or they have a certain class that they have privileges that they don't feel that they still have the same issue that us. But it shouldn't be like this because at the end of the day, if a Black billionaire is in the street at the wrong time, it would have the same probabilities as well to be murdered, him or his son, than anyone else. 
because they don't see your richness. They see your color. So what I think is happening as well is a mix of activists and a mix of Black Lives Matters become a trend where, oh, all the black people are doing it. Let me do it. But some some of the people, they don't mm. even feel on the bone the experiences of being discriminated because of being black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just joining in because it's a it's a movement. And you know what? To be honest, I don't mind. <laughs> you know, even if they are accidentally good for the cause, um, I don't mind because we definitely do need to represent. Yeah, because numbers. if we're talking about politics, when you know, if we're going to vote, what counts is the majority, right? And I I absolutely agree with you because at the end mm-hmm. of the day. They not seeing one two people. They seeing millions of people, millions of black people, and then mm-hmm. they start to fear because they mm-hmm. realize, look, they are a lot because it's global. So if we realize, even white supremacy controls eighty five percent of the global resources, they still a minority because if all the ethnic minorities global, you know, decided to unite together in the cause and about the fight against discrimination, what's going to happen to the world? I think we will start a world, a, a, a third world war, because it, 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 when this is going to end? We are, we, when, till when we have to continue begging to just leave? We just want to leave. We just want to be, mm-hmm. have the right to be us, to be human. When? Till when? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to, you know, I want to wrap up because this is a lot that we are, we are talking about that we are, you know, noticing and facing that's happening. And basically the entire world is waking up this global consciousness of everyone needing to stand for anti-racism. Uh, but your documentary and all of your your work and what's you know what you're producing, can people access that right now? Is it out for public consumption? Can they look for these things? Because I would love for them to see. Um, the so work at that you're the doing. moment, I only I'm posting um, some information about the documentary on my my social media. So um, my name is Christina Cabral, but um, you can find me on Instagram as the Criola Mum. And I have also a page, a page for the mm. documentary that is where are the brown dolls doc all together? Where are the brown dolls doc? Um, so initially, the documentary is going to be mm. around in some um, international film festivals um, because the idea is also to bring up the voices of um, African women in media. Um, we are really a small percentage. You have ideas, is really a few of us, um, <laughs> to be honest. We are really few doing, doing what I'm doing. Um, because again, Cape Verde, we don't have women in leadership positions. We still have a lot of work to be done. But we are, you know, following you guys, following the step, um, you know, trying to understand this intersectionality and, you know, trying to do what we want um, now. Um, but what I, what I will do definitely as soon as I'm available to, to, 
to publish the documentary. I will keep updated on my pages and I will make it available. I don't really want to charge no one um, because to be honest, I think like if we want to mm -hmm. um, you know, combat um, white supremacy, but in focusing on capitalism, which is the main thing that is destroying us, we're not going far. I want my my stories to reach the most huge number of people possible. Um, and I want people to know that it doesn't matter, as Malcolm X say, used to say, doesn't matter if you're Islam, um, Islamic, Catholic, uh, if you're vegetarian, whatever, we are black and we need to come together as a unity in order to face this big um, atrocity, which is racism. And that's why I want my films, my stories to bring up the representation, not just in terms of race, but also in terms of gender and show that we black women, we've been resilient. We are the birth of humanity. We are the women that, you know, we build up history. And unfortunately, is not because in Africa, Africa is a, it, it, it's the mother you know, like colonialism, they show us and they introduce us patriarchy to the discourses. But we need to teach the world and to teach our community that mothers, we women, we mothers, we are the wound, you know, we are the hank that we secure, um, you know, the universe and our ancestors. Is this that we need to bring up? We need to, to at least, if we cannot change a lot, we need at least to educate our communities to teach them where we really come from is it, and is exactly what I want to do with my film. So please follow me, the Criola Mom, and the page Where Are the Brown Dolls Doc, and I will definitely keep you all posted. Wonderful. And we, of course, will put that into the show notes so that people can access that whenever they could just click on links and go to your sites. But I thoroughly appreciate you sharing what you are seeing happening and just educating all of us who are listening um, on what is happening globally and all of the work that we really need to do. And if we want to go far, we have to go together. So black, the entire Black diaspora has to come together to really help each other, understand each other. And that's the only way we can move forward and defeat racism. Thank you so much, Christina Cabral, for joining the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I know you have to get back to those adorable <laughs> babies. Uh, but I truly appreciate thank your you, time. Thank you so, so much. And again, I just want to say thank you to you to including me in your podcast. And I want to show, I want to send one love to the huge Cape Verdean community that is in the United States. We are the hugest community outside of Cape Verde. So America serves home to a lot of our community, Cape Verdean community. So my heart is with all of you at the moment. And I'm, I'm praying that things will be better for all of us because it doesn't matter if you're Cape Verdean, if you're from Somali, we are soul brothers and sisters. So thank you so much again, Diana, for having me here. And we will, we will be fighting together. It doesn't matter which part of the countries or the world we are. We are on this together. Lauren, I want you to do a big favor to make mommy proud and everyone in the world proud. I want you to tell the Still I Rise poem to my friend, okay? Loud, 
tell it loud and with a nice voice, okay? And you can say your name, Lauren Rose, and you can say the poem, okay? <laughs> you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisty lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you filled with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons, just like suns, just like the serpents of tides, hopes springing high, still I rise. That was really good. And I'm so happy that we got another perspective from Portugal. Absolutely. It's so different when you hear from an Afro-Portuguese, uh, also Cape Verdean. Shout out to my boss and peeps. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that the U.S. has the highest population of Cape Verdeans outside of Cape Verde. Um, that was super dope. But I love just hearing how she is trying to push for representation in the toy industry, in history, just so that young people get familiar with their history, you know, pre-slavery. Yes. And really feel pride in themselves. And I think that is a great way to push this movement forward. It's just, we need to understand our own greatness. I love that. Yeah. And if that wasn't the cutest little voice I ever did hear. Uh, I, I'm I'm really working with so Soka Monster this summer to my son to really educate him on uh, our history. Um, that means Grenadian history, um, American history, and beyond, and really working on the pre-slave stuff. Everything can't just be a sad story. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot that's going on in Africa, uh, even now, that we really need to focus on and tell people about. You know, we got to take part in the year of return, but for the people who haven't been back to the continent, I think it's an important trip. It's like, you know, a Mecca trip. Like you just, you need yeah. to go back and really re-familiarize yourself with your greatness. And the people who are there now are so welcoming. That's not the narrative we always hear, but so welcoming to just have us all be global representatives for Africa. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like it's time to rave. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yay, yay. Um, so taking cue um, from her daughter, I really want to play the song Rise Up by Spectrum Band.
That was such a good choice. That's a really good choice. Her voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh. We can do this. We rise. We stand. Even in this moment, it's not all sad stuff. We're doing greatness every day. Absolutely. And we need to keep pushing the momentum. We really have to advocate for change. You know, in the U.S., we recently had primary elections. We need to make sure we are getting out and voting. We are taking part in everything that we possibly can. We can't defeat systematic racism without understanding the system. So I'm all about us rising up collectively around the world. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what our listeners are doing. What are you? Ta- what action steps are you taking in your personal life, in your groups that you're, that you're affiliated with? What are you guys doing? Leave us a comment. Make sure you are following us. Follow Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com. Make sure you're following Dish Chick on all social media or go to D-Y-S-C-H-I-C-K.com to stay updated. And make sure you're subscribed to Rant and Rave so that you can hear the rest of the episodes in the special limited series. Okay, bye! Bye!